Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you're visiting this morning, uh, you may or may not know our pastors are on uh, vacation. Uh, They're taking a couple weeks off going to the East Coast. Uh, That's where uh, Amy's family uh, has a little place that they go to, and so they're all gathering together. And then uh, I think Grace, they're taking her to to college here uh, before they come back, and so they're going to be doing a few things. Uh, Our our brother uh, Donnie back here, wave at me, brother. He's going to be uh, teaching this coming Wednesday, and then, uh, we're, yeah, give him a hand, yeah, praise the Lord. And then uh, Heidi, where'd you, oh, there you are, you're up here praying. Heidi, our youth pastor, is preaching next Sunday morning. You, 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 you. It's all going to be really, really good, amen. Uh, Jackie and I are going to miss this uh, Wonderful teaching and preaching. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to be celebrating this Thursday, I think it is, our 50th wedding anniversary. Amen. Woo! And, uh, and so we're going to go on a uh, uh, camping. I asked her what she wanted to do. Uh, I just, what, do you, what would you like to do during your 50th uh, with me and me with you? And she says, uh, we got an RV. Let's just jump in that and go somewhere. So we're going to be gone a few days. And so, again, I will be praying for you all this coming Wednesday and then next Sunday. I know it's going to be a blast, and I would be here uh, and just uh, supporting and hearing the Word of God from these two wonderful people as they share it with you. Amen. And also keep uh, our pastors in prayer that they'll have a nice, safe trip. It seems like they just got here to go on vacation. But, man, they've been through the, the ringer in moving halfway around the world and getting here and setting up. And, uh, and I told the Wednesday night crowd, uh, I got up and I said, I told you so. And you said, well, why'd you tell, why'd you tell us that you were getting a great uh, pastor and pastor's wife and they were going to do a marvelous work here? They're, they might be listening, so give them a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. They have just done a great job just in really just in a few months since they've been here. And we're looking forward to a great, great leadership that they're going to give this church in the future. And uh, it's all just, it, it's wonderful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning, I, I, let me see, what time is it? Uh, 10 after 11. Uh, Pastor Chris doesn't generally stop, start, stop preaching until about 2 o'clock. So I will, I will ramp it back just a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> we'll ramp it back a little bit. He doesn't go to 2 o'clock, so there you go. We want to go uh, this morning to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and uh, we're going to start in verse uh, 11. 
Of course, if you know your word, which all, most all of you do, starting in, verse, in chapter 2 of Revelations, it, it, it's addressing all the different churches, uh, what they did good and what they've done bad. And, uh, and so many people think, well, you know, it's, uh, uh, it, it's down through the years and years that the church has been together. Some people believe it's churches that are in different parts of the world right now, or it is just churches that are existing right now that even the Lord is dealing with that fit into every one of these categories. And I believe the last one is as true as any of them, uh, that God is speaking to the church. And uh, we are in the last days. Pitiful, come on. We are in the last days. Uh, and I know that some of you, again, may say, well, you know, I've heard it all my life. Well, this, this year, uh, again, Jackie and I, 50 years, and I'll turn 70 this year. And uh, I, I have to tell you that I've heard it all my life. Jesus is coming. And after you uh, have uh, anticipation of something for so long, you can, if you're not careful, say, oh, I just, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if he's really coming or not, but I have great news for most of you and maybe bad news for some. Jesus is coming. And so whenever we get down to the very nitty-gritty of God coming, sending his son Jesus Christ uh, and, uh, and to rescue us from this world, uh, to take us home, how many ready to go home? Amen. You don't have to be perfect to get there. You just have to be saved. You have to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord uh, because there are some scoundrels in heaven. You say, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, Gene may be even be there, you know, someday in the future. I don't know. Uh, I could name a bunch of you out there. But I want to tell you, you don't have to be a perfect person to go to heaven. You just have to be saved. And that's what the Lord is calling the church to do in these last days is to get people saved. To bring them into the kingdom of God, witness to them. And as a matter of fact, up in the classroom today and, and different places around the, uh, uh, the congregation, I've been hearing about people saying, you know, hey, we saw so-and-so, we witnessed to them, we told so-and-so about Jesus, and, and maybe they were coming today, maybe not. I want to tell you, that is our plan and that is our purpose from God is to see souls saved. I want to see, and oh, here I go again. I want to see this place full. And it is not an impossibility. Amen. Uh, even with the change of pastors, uh, some people say, well, I, I don't know if that's a, that's, a, that's a thing of the past. No, it's not. God will build His church. Amen. It is God's church, and we are just the uh, caretakers of it. And so, again, you and I need to be aware that God wants to fill this place as much or more than you do, as much or, or more than your pastors do. He wants to fill this place with souls that need salvation, that lives that need change, and I believe it's going to happen. Now, in the early days of the New Testament, Matter of fact, it wasn't really the New Testament yet. There was a guy called John the Baptist. Anybody remember John the Baptist eating locusts, wild honey, and wearing some crazy garb? And, and, but he kept walking around uh, and, and yelling, make, the way, make straight the way of the Lord. 
Remember that? He said, look, Jesus is coming and we have to make his way straight. Uh, There was repentance involved with all of that. Uh, There was a change in how people were living that was involved with the ideal of of John coming and, and preaching in the wildernesses and preaching wherever he could. And then Jesus shows up and he is God incarnate. And he is here on this planet to change our hearts and our lives. I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm not going to have you turn to a lot of them. I don't have any overheads this morning. Uh, But I want to tell you that Jesus has given every single one of us a warning. How many has been saved more than us, say, five years? Ten years? Twenty years? Thirty? A hundred? Oh, okay. There's a lot of you that's been around for a long time. And you've served God faithfully, and that's what I love about this church. Uh, Cindy got up here and said how wonderful it was to see smiling faces and get hugs and and loving and caring and all this kind of stuff. I want to tell you, this is a wonderful, wonderful church filled with wonderful people that are doing a great job for the Lord. You can give yourself a hand. It's all right. But the Lord gives us a warning. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, hold fast. To that which is good. Second Timothy, hold fast to the form of sound words or doctrine. Hebrews 4 says, let us hold fast our profession. The Lord was telling the people that were reading these portions of, of, of the writings that there was a possibility that you would not get done what you're supposed to get done. Now, uh, after being saved for all the years I've been saved, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, the Baptists, they believe in eternal security no matter what. And, and for years and years and years, the Assemblies of God and Pentecostal churches would sort of fight against that. Well, I don't believe in eternal security. I can't remember the last time I got out of bed in the morning and wondered whether I was saved or not. Can't remember it. I, I, I believe that I am born again, and if I would die right now, I would go to be with Jesus. I believe that with all of my heart. But the Lord is is helping us by by saying, look, here's some stuff that we must remember. Hold fast to which is good. And we're supposed to uh, hold fast to sound doctrine or sound words. Uh, We're supposed to, whatever we professed at one time in our life, we need to remember that or we could lose it. And so that is a sad situation that the Lord is sort of laying out for somebody that if you're not careful, you can lose your profession. How many remembers whenever you got saved, however many years ago, some of you a hundred years ago, and you came to an altar and you said, oh God, forgive me of my sin, I will serve you forever. Hold on to that profession. There will be a day and there will be a time when we stand before God face to face, and He's going to hopefully say unto us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. And we're going to go, Woo-ha! We're going to head into heaven because we have not forgotten to keep hold of some things. Now, I want to tell you, life is tough. The world is filled with craziness. And uh, we could uh, so easily find ourselves swayed by the things of this world. But I want to tell you, there's something good to hold on to. 
There is something good to have rock solid in our hearts and our lives. And so Jesus warns us again of that precious possibility or that possibility of losing some precious, sacred, and priceless possessions. We had two people in the Bible. You know them as well as I do. There was a guy called Demas, and there was a guy called who? Judas. And they went away. Judas loved money more than Jesus and the things of God. Uh, Demas uh, uh, loved, uh, loved this present world more than anything else, and they left. And you're thinking, how could somebody do that? It happens all the time. I've said as I've pastored almost 40 years, at the beginning in January, January when you go through you know, your, your new cycle, uh, you know, this is a new day, a new year, blah, blah, blah. I've told people before, by the end of this year, there will be some of you that are not here. Was I trying to speak negatively? No, I was trying to speak truthfully. And the reason they will, won't be here by the end of that year is because they, they were like the Demas. Uh, they were like the Judas. They were like people that says, you know what, I just can't handle this. I can't go on with what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to tell you, whenever you get to heaven someday, all the garbage and all the problems in this world will seem, see if I can get it small enough, about that big to you. All the people that drove you crazy... Matter of fact, I hope God, if they're in heaven, plants them right, right next to your, your mansion. Then you'll have to love them. <laughs> but the people and the circumstances and the situations in this life that we go, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can serve God. I want to tell you, it will be worth it someday. It will be worth it someday when we get to heaven and all of our problems and difficulties are in our past, not in our future or even in the present. I am looking forward to what is called the rapture of the church. Now, if you're some uh, person that wants to argue this morning, say, well, the word rapture is not found in the Word of God. No, it's not. But the idea of being caught away is, and that's what rapture means, being caught away I'm ready. Do you hear him? Do you hear the trumpet call? Do you hear the voice of the archangel? Someday, if you know Jesus Christ, you will hear that voice and hear that trumpet. This portion of Scripture goes like this. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now this is just the Philadelphian church. Many of them are listed. You need to read it. But he says there is a possibility of losing a crown. Now, I've heard so many people, and I think it's sort of silly. Oh, I don't work and I don't serve Jesus Christ for you know, some, uh, some reward later on. Well, I understand that. But there are crowns in heaven that's going to be presented to people that, uh, that, that have served him well. 
And we talked about it a little bit this morning uh, to a couple of people. <laughs> we were talking about, uh, you know, people being saved and people serving people. I mean, serving God. There's a little bit of difference there. People, I've, I've known people that uh, have told me, well, you know, I got saved when I was five years old and, and I'm saved today. They haven't been to church a day in their life. Uh, uh, they curse and swear and carry on. Uh, they run around with loose ladies. No, they don't do that. They live a life that's not honoring to God. And, and because I don't want to argue with whether they're saved or not, I'm not the judge of that. God is. I will say to them, but what have you done in service unto God lately? Well, I never thought about that. We come to this place. So let me tell you, that there, there's a crown of life. There's a crown laid up for every one of us that need to obtain it. There's one for being a good pastor. I've told you this before. I want that. You say, why would you want a crown? Are you, you proud? Of it? No. I want to be a good pastor. And if I'm a good pastor, I'll get that crown. Hey, how many loves to witness to people? Well, a few of you do. It's terrifying for some people. There's a crown for a good witnesser. There's a, how many loves suffering? There's a crown for people that suffer well. You go through tough times, you hang in there, you serve God anyway, and you come out on the other end. God says there's a crown for people that are suffering and that get through it and do okay. And there's a ton of other crowns that God wants to give to His people. And I hope and I pray that you say, I want one of those crowns. Not for a vain thing on yourself but to show that you've done the work that God has given you to do. We as a church must be busy about the Lord's work. Busy about the Lord's work. It was amazing, I, and I told Pastor Chris this. I said, man, you're, you're, you're the guy. You know, you're the guy. And he said, well, what do I do this time? I said, you, and I know it wasn't just him. There was many people that organized this. But, you, you know, we, we took people, or you all took people out to the, the fair this last week or so. And you'd done cooking and, and feeding and witnessing and loving and caring, all these things. And I thought, man, I, I don't know. I think we may have been at the fair once or twice in my whole 15 years here, whenever I was pastoring here. But I want to tell you, getting you out of the church, getting you in the highways and byways and hedges of this town is what it really is all about. That's where it's at. People don't generally anymore just run into the church and go, oh, you know, I, I was walking by. I, I hope it would happen that way. We had people here when I was here that drove an hour to get here simply because they felt drawn to come here. And we say, well, it can happen again. Yes, it can happen again. People drive by the, uh, the, uh, the, the church and go, oh, I need to get in there. And yes, it does happen. But what happens most of the time is when we get out in the highways, byways, and hedges, and we witness to people, tell them about the goodness of God. And some of you will say, well, I don't know that much Bible. Well, there's a guy in the, in the Bible that knew a whole lot of Bible, and that's the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of what you read in the New Testament. That's a smart dude. He was incredibly intelligent. But you know how he witnessed? This is what I was. This is what Jesus did with me and for me. And this is what I am today. How utterly simple is that? How many was heading to hell? How many met Jesus? How many are going to heaven? That's as simple as it gets. 
God is good, and we were heading one direction. God saved us, and now we're heading another direction. A crown is waiting for each and every one of us if we hang in there long enough. The Scripture takes, talks about Jesus coming as a thief in the night. Uh, Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief in the night. But in 1 Thessalonians, it says, 5, 2, it says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. He's talking to Christians. He says, You shouldn't be blown away or, 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 or unexpected that the Lord is coming. Again, I remember uh, preaching, people preaching all my life about the coming of my Lord. Again, this year turned 70. I've heard it all my life. But I think that just indicates one thing. He's 70 years closer to coming. That's all it means to me. It's not a delay. Aren't you glad? How, how many got saved just in the last few years? Anybody want to? Okay, last 10 years. Okay, a few here. How many is glad the Lord delayed? How many is glad that maybe the Lord will delay another few years and a few more people will get saved? I don't mind God doing that, but I know that He is 70 years closer to coming than He was whenever I was born. And, I, and sometimes I, I think I can hear that trumpet call. I think I can hear the voice of the archangel calling. And I say, oh Lord, just take us home. Get us out of this place and let us go to be with the Lord. We come to this place where we should be prepared. Churches, I, 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 churches are interesting. How, how many agrees with that? It's a beautiful place filled with beautiful people. But also, it's, a, it's sort of a, a tough place to be. We get our eyes off of God sometimes. We get our eyes on so many other things. Mark says this. Watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes. I'm looking up. I'm not looking down. I'm looking for the Lord at any moment. And that does something to you or should do something to you. John says, I love, I, if, you, if you read 1 John, and you will, you will read a part that it says that if we have this anticipation that the Lord's coming, we will perfect ourselves or be perfect as the Lord is perfect. We will be righteous. If you knew the Lord was coming today, it would change our lives for just a little bit. I mean, hopefully it wouldn't change you forever, but, but you know, you'd want to witness to somebody. You would want to you know, touch up your, your salvation, Lord. Is there anything there? And knowing that the Lord is going to come will challenge us and say, okay, I'm not sure exactly when, but he's going to pop out of the clouds someday, and I'm going to be ready. Here Jesus admonishes godliness. Listen to these few scriptures. Revelation 16, 5, Blessed is he who keeps his garments. Revelations 3, 17, Because you say, I'm rich, increased with goods, and need nothing. Don't you know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Those are all negative things. But if you keep your garments, the Lord is coming for you to be in heaven with Him someday. I love, I love 1 John, and I just sort of gave you a little bit of it. Let me give you the whole thing. 
1 John 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Yes. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purifies Himself, just as He, the Lord, is pure. It is a marvelous, marvelous thought to know that someday we're going to see Jesus face to face. Do you have loved ones that went on before? They're, they're dead and they're in heaven and they've seen Jesus. They've stood at the foot, foot of uh, the cross and uh, in, that's in heaven. They, they've stood at the foot of the mercy seat. Uh, they've stood at the, the foot of, of the throne of God. And there they've observed what we just dream about. We just think about, we think we know that there is. But I want to tell you, you and I have a God that loves us and cares deeply about us. He's coming, and he says his reward is in his hand. Here, have one, have one, have one, have one, have one. But I, I, I want to tell you that the church, uh, you know, I, if you've been around me very long, you know I've made reference to this song, Hold the Fort for I Am Coming. Anybody know that song? Hold the Fort for I Am Coming, Jesus signal still, uh, waving back to heaven, by your grace we will. Uh, mighty men around us falling, everybody's dying and getting killed. <laughs> but it has a picture of the church in the last days as being smooshed, about being destroyed, about being barely able to move. I have news for each and every one of you. The Latter-day Church is an overcoming, powerful church that is not afraid to go nose to nose with any demon or any Satan there is on the world. You and I should be people that know about Christ and know about where we come from, our strength. Let me read you Ephesians 5, 27, so that he might present to himself his church in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, holy, and without blemish. This is his desire for the church in the last days. It's not a raggedy old church that finally makes it into heaven. And when we used to sing that song when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was just picturing uh, you know, us in the last days all huddled uh, you know, in this fort. Hold the fort for I am coming. We're in this fort, and, we're, and it was like Indians. And, and we're all in this fort, and the Indians are attacking us. I can say that because my mother was half Indian. So, and she always rooted for the Indians in the Cowboy and Indian shows. I say, Mom, Mom, they're attacking us. No, we've attacked them first. I tried to help her, but it didn't hurt, it didn't help. But we'd be in this fort and we'd be somehow trying to protect ourselves from people that were coming against us. That was my picture of the last day church. But really, it's Satan that's hunkered in his little place. It is us that is kicking his door down. The gates of hell shall not prevail against 
the saints or the church. And he is saying this church that I'm building is a church that is powerful, especially in the last days. When did the last days start? It started 2,000 years ago. You remember on the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they came out and Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, the last days started 2,000 years ago and has not finished. That's because the power of the Spirit is still being poured out. That's a whole nother sermon. But one of, the, <laughs> one of the things that getting rid of Sunday night did in the church that was the negative was most of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking out of tongues, happened on Sunday nights. It was, just, uh, it was just part of what happened. Sunday mornings, no, not so much. We got family, friends, we got a cookout to go to, whatever to do. So we don't tarry quite as much. That's the only reason I don't, I wish we had Sunday night from time to time. I heard that, man. But anyway, <laughs> that was just, that was a, you know, I ran around the corner there. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I don't want you to look at us as hiding away. I don't want you to look at the church as barely going to make it home. I don't want you to look at the church as, as just muddling through and Satan has got us by our throats and boy, we can barely get away. We are the powerful church. We have the Holy Spirit here. We have God uh, here with us. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit lives in every one of you that are born again. And you say, well, we just barely make it. Oh, my goodness. We need to be prevailing against Satan. There's other scriptures I'm not even going to go to that talks about going and taking captive those that are captive, bringing them out and to the church. It is those people that make a headway, do it by force. We do it by force. You and I need to be prevailing. Just a couple quick things and we're going to close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's used at funerals a lot, especially at the gravesite. It says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in, in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the ark and the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And then the very last line of that says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. There is coming a time. I have parents, sisters, loved ones that are buried here and there. I want to tell you, I'm not going to go before them. When they hear the trumpet call, their bodies are going to come out of the ground. Their spirits are already with the Lord, but their bodies are going to come out of the ground and go and meet their spirits in, the, in, in heaven and be like we are, and then we're going to be taken. 
It is, it, is, it is victory all around. It is victory all around for the church of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, the biggest people to argue with you, to hate you, to, to despise you, to talk bad about Christianity, the moment they die will wish they had heard the word of God and accepted. Because there's really only two sentences, if you will. And sometimes we don't really talk about the second one because that's yucky. First one is this. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's the good one. But there is Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say, and those that are left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You and I have a choice. We always have a choice. God doesn't force us to make a choice one way or the other. He just lets us do it. But I want to tell you, there is a place in heaven with your name on it if you want to go there. It's all up to us. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us, to give his life for us that we might have eternal life. Amen. And whenever I was about 15 years old, I walked down an aisle of a church and, and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You said, well, that was the first time? Oh, no, no, I'd, I'd been down a lot. I told you before that my pastor, whenever I was growing up, could hang you over hell and you really thought your, your feet were burning. I got saved every Sunday night. Seriously. Didn't want to go to hell. Lord, please save me again. Again and again and again. But one night, I found Jesus for real. I found his love and his compassion, and I found my understanding of that. And the Lord forgave me, brought me into his kingdom. I've been there ever since. Not perfect. Amen to anybody? Not perfect, but in the kingdom of God. And someday, whether I fall dead here or I go in the rapture, oh, what a blessed time it's going to be. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. Lord God, let this church, and not just this church, but all churches that have you at the center of their life, be a strong church, be a powerful church. Lord God, let us recognize what our destiny is. That is to be in heaven with you someday. And Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Lord God, move among this congregation. Let us be witnesses. Father, if there is someone here that does not know you, let them respond here in just a moment and receive you as their personal Savior and Lord. We give you thanks and praise. With heads bowed just for a moment. If you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I don't care if you go to church every day. I don't care if you give money to the church. If you're not born again, you're not saved. You have to say, Lord, forgive me my sin. Come in and be my Lord and my master. And he will do that. And he will be your Lord and your master. There's an upraised hand. Say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Maybe for the first time. Or maybe a rededication of my heart to the Lord. Very, very quickly. Not going to embarrass you or anything. I just want to pray for you. Anybody very quickly would say, I need Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
If you need something from the Lord this morning, the brothers and sisters will, will respond if you come down to pray for you, to encourage you in the Lord. But I want to tell you, it's been good to have you in the house of the Lord. This is a marvelous church filled with marvelous people, and God's going to do a great work here in this place. Not only here, but other churches around, I know. But this is where I'm at. This is where you're at. He's going to do a great work here in this place. Father, we love you. We thank you again for your mercy, your grace, your love. You thank you, Lord God, that there are things that we should hold on to. Our profession. Lord God, the things that we have promised you, we will keep. Father, a crown is waiting for every one of us that's going to make it to heaven. And Lord God, we pray for this people. Bless them, minister to meet every need they have. Lord God, as our pastors are out on their vacation, Lord God, minister and touch them. Bring them back uh, uh, just refreshed and ready, Lord God, to lead again. Now, Lord God, bless his people as they leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Altars are open and somebody will respond to you if you come down for prayer. God bless you. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. God bless you.